Hello and welcome to part five in our series looking at growing on the front line. My name's Mike. You're with us at Watch It Baptist Church online. I'm the pastor at Watch It Baptist Church. This series is running parallel with material provided by LICC. And if you have any chance to get access to that material, I urge you to engage with it. The more time I spend with it, the more helpful I'm finding it. And I really encourage you to uh, let it speak into um, how you go about being a disciple. It might be that's something that's easier for you to do on your own rather than with a group, but if it's possible for you to do with a group, I think there are tremendous advantages to that too. Ultimately, if you are finding that engaging with that material is more helpful than listening to me, please stick with that. I won't be at all offended. We're going to do things slightly different this time around. So normally I talk for a bit and then we ask three questions. This time round, what I really want to do is just ask the three questions. But I want to ask them having looked at passages from the New Testament about Peter. And this is to do with recognising that we have seasons in our lives, seasons of growth. And actually, uh, and the, the book describes this uh, probably better than I could do, there are equivalent seasons for us to summer, autumn, winter and spring. There are different opportunities and challenges in those four seasons. But importantly, it drives home this idea that growth is something that happens over time. It doesn't all happen in one hit and fruitfulness doesn't come from day one. It comes as a result of nurture and encouragement, of good feeding of the support of outsiders, of pruning, of various bits and pieces. The, the tree, whose image is at the heart of this series, is a complex and wonderful organism. It needs to grow, and so do we. It needs good roots, and so do we. It will produce fruit if it grows well and remains healthy. I'm going to look at three passages, as I said, to do with Peter. And after each pair of passages, I'm going to be asking a question. Before we go any further, let's commit this time to God. <coughs> Father God, we want to be like Jesus. That's a big part of what we are committed to you for. We want to follow him. We don't just want to be nice people. We want to be people who echo the behaviour, the philosophy, the attitude that Jesus demonstrates to us. Would this session be an opportunity to better grasp how we might follow Jesus and be more like him? Amen. OK, we're going to begin by looking at Matthew 14 and Acts 3. In Matthew 14, we're beginning at verse 22, and in Acts 3, we'll begin at the start of the chapter. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray, and night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, his disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. 
About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. And Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. In Acts 3, 1 to 10 says this. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realised he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Two stories there. Both involve Peter. Both involve something of Peter's faith. So what changed between those two occasions in Peter's life? Why, perhaps, did it change? And what does that tell us about how he grew? I'll leave that with you for a minute. Okay, then secondly, we're going to look at a passage in Mark uh, chapter 9 and then at a passage in 1 Peter chapter 5. So the Mark 9 passage runs from verse 33 to 35 and it says this. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else and then 1 Peter 5 we're reading verses 5 to 7 in the same way Peter writes you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another 
for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time he will lift you up in honour. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares for you. There's probably about 30 years between those two passages. It's worth reflecting on what those 30 years have taught Peter. Worth thinking about how his perspective has changed, but also perhaps why. And what that growing tells us about how Jesus has been at work in his life. I'll leave that with you for a minute or two. Okay, to our third pair of passages, and I'm sure you're able to pick up uh, in some ways that in the next garden across from me is a couple of lads having a wonderful playtime, uh, and we'll just let them get on with that. So we're looking at uh, a passage from Matthew 16, we're looking at verses 21 to 23 there, and then we'll be into Acts 11. So Matthew 16, 21 to 23 says this, From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed. But on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. And then over to Acts 11, and we're reading 18 verses here, so it's a little longer. It says this. Soon the news reached the apostles and other believers in Judea that the Gentiles had received the word of God. But when Peter arrived back in Jerusalem, the Jewish believers criticised him. You entered the home of Gentiles and even ate with them they said. Then Peter told them exactly what had happened. I was in the town of Joppa, he said, and while I was praying I went into a trance and saw a vision. Something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners from the sky and it came right down beside me. And when I looked inside the sheet I saw all all sorts of tame and wild animals, reptiles and birds. And I heard a voice say, get up Peter, kill and eat them. No Lord, I replied. I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure or unclean. But the voice from heaven spoke again, Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. This happened three times before the sheet and all it contained was pulled back up to heaven. Just then three men who had been sent from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were staying. The Holy Spirit told me to go with them and not to worry that they were Gentiles. The six brothers here accompanied me and we soon entered the home of the man who had sent us sent for us. He told us how an angel had appeared to him in his home and told him, send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He will tell you how you and everyone in your household can be saved. As I began to speak, Peter continued, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as he fell on us at the beginning. And then I thought of the Lord's words when he said, John baptised with water, 
that you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. And since God gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to stand in God's way? When the others heard this, they stopped objecting and began praising God. They said, we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. It's a very different Peter in those two passages. One willing to tell Jesus what he shouldn't do. The other willing to recognise that Jesus has a plan, an intention, a way he wants to do things. And Peter's role is to accept that and be part of it. That's a big step in quite a short space of time, really. I think the question I want to ask is this. How far has Peter's faith come? Hard to put a, a quantity by that, I know, but use it as a basis for discussion or for thinking. How far has Peter's faith come that he no longer feels the need to challenge what Jesus chooses to do? Finally, it's worth looking back over the weeks that have come before this at some of the lessons that we've been learning. They have been to do with choices, the way they're made, the desires behind them and the way the emotions fit with those desires or reflect them or sometimes even look to satisfy those desires. The reality that I think is worth us remembering is that we can't grow we can't have our seasons of maturing and being fruitful unless we are willing to grow, like Peter did, to let God take us onward. Let's finish in prayer. Lord Jesus, we want to follow your example, follow your intention reflect who you are and how you want humanity to work we want to be part of how you bring salvation to the world help us to be ready to grow help us to be able to see ourselves as we are and long to be more like you amen take care and i'll see you soon